0: Hi and welcome to another episode of a Full of talent. I'm your host Jonagan Charfis, and you know with me in studio uh, for this episode is uh, is a dear friend of mine. It's been actually a while since I've seen him. Um, funny thing is though, I think I met him. Wow, I think it's almost oh. been a decade 2010? since I first met 2009? you. Well, eight years eight. ago since I did the did the f- it was the first episode of in the mix and you were the first guest on in the mix so it's <laughs> we, i mean but a decade of knowing you since happy hours and we'll get to that but i have with me edgar flores half a day
1: half a day <laughs> well
0: thank you so much for for joining me for this and it's gonna be fun because like i said it's been eight years since uh the episode with you on in the mix but yeah. You know we've seen each other you know at functions and stuff but it's been a while since we've actually just sat down and conversation and, <laughs> and a lot a lot has happened since then but um but yeah you know even before i think i did the interview uh for in the mix i had known you previously and and this is like around the time i had just been introduced to like going out and and enjoying happy hours and i mean this is the time when like well, like I would see you like in dub and and even acoustic soul. Yes. And um, you know, I wanted to start things off with with, of course, definitely because you. I knew I knew you as a musician first um, about the local music scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, because a lot. Oh, I think you know a lot has changed in our mu- a music scene. Back then, it was. I remember going out and then you know catching you, but then catching acts like, um, mm-hmm. gosh. Um, my oh, it's good going back, Messia, Serenu, um, even like Kaya. And then the time that I actually did the interview with you, um, you had brought up bands like this is the time when like Rock Bottom, um, yeah. Toka were, were playing, were gigging. And then now, I mean, there's this plethora of, <laughs> of, of, of talent that's that's you know, that is on island. And I mean, as a musician, I guess, how does that? make you feel seeing like a lot of these acts come out and, and talent
1: I love it <laughs> I love uh, the resurgence of tremor music mm-hmm. the resurgence of just musicianship in general you know I, I, I'm from the school of uh, of play cover tunes mm-hmm. to get people into the clubs and play it well to where they can dance and everything and now we got these bands coming out with original music and I wish, I wish <laughs> DUB focused on more original music as opposed to the gigs
0: uh-huh.
1: that we could have maybe had something a little bit...
0: Longevity maybe? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. And original music. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we did our first album with two covers, but then we stopped. We kind of, well, not really stopped. We had, we had a couple of more albums, but it... Didn't fare as well as, as the as the first CD we did.
0: But, you know, the thing about it, too, is that having the opportunity to interview some of these these current musicians, a lot of them look to to, to D.U.B. as kind of like their inspiration, you know, to even go out there and, and realize that, hey, I can perform, you know, I can perform these tunes and, and yeah. people will take the liking to it. And so a lot of them look to, you know, to bands like you that kind of like set the foundation more or less. For them to kind of like build on
1: I'm I'm so privileged Mm -hmm. I feel to even have a small part in like Alex Mm Lagua Jason Jay uh those two guys I love those guys uh but but to to have a little uh helping hand I guess Mm -hmm. like bringing Jay and Alex and Oh gosh! Just young musicians into the studio back at that when we had our studio uh-huh. down in Gaines Springs to help record and just document their music and then they've gone on off to to do their own thing Dad. like Jay
0: oh yeah, he was you know I actually had him on um last episode, yes. and you know he really drove uh drove home the importance of original music. Um, working hard you know and 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 always continually working on your craft that you know i guess it's always progression you're never gonna be sorry and you're never gonna be like the perfect you know musician you're always gonna strive to be better and to and and you know he. He says that um, he's the, as long as the passion is still there, he's going to continue to to pursue it. And and you know you and then he he even said it himself too. Like the music scene on Guam is is ridiculous, you know now. And and the talent pool yeah.
1: is ridiculous.
0: Yep. And and you know you're seeing these artists that are are starting younger mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, he was mentioning. I think there was like four, four, I,
1: uh, man,
0: <laughs> and you know, and, oh the, just, and I think the lead singer there too is just either she's she's you know nineteen or twenty. I mean, the fact and the but she has such a um, a presence and and has they have such a following, even though they're still a new, they're an yes. up and coming band. Um, and he and he said it the same thing too. Their original music. You're seeing more and more people being more confident. Yes. And I guess that was probably the thing back in the day where you weren't, ha- you weren't too sure how original music would be, um, I guess, received by you know, people. Because you know, people, of course, want to get on the dance floor and dance. And yeah. you don't know if they're really going to you know, take a liking to your original music. Was that something that kind of held you guys back?
1: There was one song. I remember that that we had it was called Move a Little Closer and we would sneak that original song into the set of Of covers and someone came up to us or like, Who sings that one song, that move a little closer song? It's like, Oh that's us. They're like, No way, that that's a cool song. So we decided to okay, let's let's record an album, you know, and it I I, I guess it was like a, a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't know your song, and they're dancing to all the covers, and then a new song comes out they never heard, it clears the dance floor quick.
0: You're like, oh, okay, we better <laughs> okay, just get a drink. Let's go to the bar. <laughs> We're gonna go, take let's... a quick break.
1: <laughs> exactly, and we would look at each other like, okay, what do we do? Finish the song, and then go back to something else, you know. But I, I believe that if we get original music recorded. Like the way John Dank is doing it mm-hmm. They're doing it on their own That's how we did it And you get it out on the radio Well, for us it was the radio yeah. Now it's YouTube Now it's streaming Now it's it's, it's it's all these different avenues That people can listen to their their original music It puts their music out there for people to enjoy Then they go to watch them live And enjoy the song without having any preconceived Like, okay, I don't know the song So I'm going to go to the bar <laughs> You know? <laughs> they're they're looking forward to hearing their original yeah. music and that's that's what's great about it.
0: And then you then now you're seeing these bands go out and tour. Oh my god. And then I love that. when they head out and then you see like the crowd like singing along yes. like you mentioned because there's so many platforms now to hear it, it it you know ahead of time by the time they get to you know they perform at a, a gig, you know, at a at a club or a show it's well-received because they already have an idea of the song yes. and like you and that and that i think i think social media played a huge role because back then yeah like you said it was just um my space i don't even think yeah, i don't even think at the time like phones even recorded no, that length of like not even <laughs> dude
1: not even
0: but you know for those that maybe are you know aren't too familiar i guess how did you get into music i know you had mentioned that it um a big part of it was of your brother. My
1: brother, yes. Yeah. Uh, growing up, yeah, my my brother had a band. He played saxophone in it, so it's always been around in my life. Mm-hmm. My sister Edeline plays piano, so I'd sing with her while she plays piano. Mm-hmm. My sister Adrian, we just love music together and, and listen to you know Janet Jackson back in the day and stuff like that. My brother bought me my first guitar. It was an electric guitar. I I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know how to string it. (laughs) Nothing. But he bought it for me. And it pushed me to learn. And then I was able to get an acoustic guitar. And then I just kept going back to the guitar and singing songs. You know, it's it's like uh, my dad listened to uh, Tremor music back Mm -hmm. in the day when I was growing up. And just having music around me. Just wanting to be a singer.
0: Were you... Were you self-taught? Because these days, a lot, and and, and, I mean, it doesn't even have, and it doesn't even have to pertain to like local artists, but even like big-time artists who who look at YouTube covers and they learn from there. I mean, was were you self-taught?
1: Well, I had friends. Hey, show me that Mm chord. You know, put your finger, put your finger here. Jing. My mom, (laughs) my mom had this uh, Reader's Digest music book of all the oldies but goodies. Mm-hmm. And when I opened the book and on the top it had that little tabasher with the lines and the dots and I figured, oh, that's a guitar chord. So I would take my guitar and look at that and sing Yellow Rose of Texas, you know, whatever <laughs> songs were on there and that's how I learned to figure out chords was through that one book. Ow. just Digest. I know. <laughs> that,
0: that. It just, it's just showing our age. <laughs> <laughs> but i and, and now... I, I guess. I guess. How did that learning music and and being surrounded by that? I guess how did do you become about?
1: Well, okay, interesting story. I went to school in Boise, Idaho, mm-hmm. for culinary arts.
0: Oh, so I, I yeah I learned something new about everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I got my degree. Um, my mom was was sick, so I came home, and um, well, I'm I'm sorry, I gave my head on myself. Before I I finished school Mm -hmm. I met these Two Hawaiian guys Kerry Mishiba And Mm -hmm. Russell Ho And they were like Hey you play guitar I play you I play bass Let's put a band together So we had a little trio Called Homegrown And I love You know I grew up seeing k Mm -hmm. Kalapana Olamana All those All those songs That my brother Would listen to So the fact that I knew those songs Kind of got me Into the the group And then from those guys I learned uh, The up and coming cow Creator boys mm-hmm. all that all that uh i guess a kind of music, music.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly
1: from there i came home with that i guess array of, of different songs mm-hmm. i could play and i just started playing like at i think it was called the manhattan before new I don't, uh, the globe the upstairs
0: oh yes yes you're right that manhattan, was my yeah that
1: was my first gig on guam as a as a musician i played their thursday happy hour so, I'd have my little music book. I'm playing CNK, Calapana. And I was like, okay, I, I'm getting paid 125 for three hours of music. Dude, I can do this. Mm-hmm. So, IDK was a popular band when I came home in 97. And they would, they would play Sundays at Nana's Cafe. Yes. I, I forgot what it was called before, but they would play there and we'd have barbecues out on the beach. So, the bass player kind of knew me, and he goes, "Hey, come on up and jam." So I start playing with them, and he, and Mike Rasmussen and JT uh, Joseph Tyskiewicz were the bass player and drummer for IDK. Mm-hmm. So when they decided to break away from IDK and start a new band, they asked me, "Dude, would you want to try singing in our band?" I go, "What's the band called?" "The Other Band." <laughs> oh, "Which band's that?" "No, Dub. That's the name <laughs> of the band." I go, "The name of the band's The Other Band." <laughs> oh yeah not this band the other band come on man come on get with it you know it's like it's like that's that's how i got into D V. I i think i was like 28 27 yeah
0: and you know from there i know that you said that i think Dub's first gig was at jeff pirates cove yeah it was for a the classic rockers yeah, yeah. and you said although it wasn't like a a huge crowd. The fact that I guess just the opportunity to kind of be on that kind of stage and in that setting
1: yeah, it solidified ch- it for me. I felt that I was in the right right place at the right time with the right people, mm-hmm. right bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. And us five mm-hmm. guys, I I feel that we went above and beyond what we thought we could do as a band.
0: Like you kind of just thought like, okay, we'll, we'll you we'll know we'll play a few gigs, yeah. but we'll then, play Fridays,
1: we'll play here at this club. But you guys
0: had following and you know i think you up to i mean up to now like we had i think uno magazine had this um they put a call out for uh, on instagram um like favorite local songs and there were a lot of you know responses for dub i mean and and the fact that your music still kind of resonates now you know even after so you know x amount of years yes um people you know when it comes on you know, just like me, I could still sing along. It just—it's those kind of songs that I guess stick with you. The ones that you, when it pops up, you—it instantly brings you back to like a, hap- a particular happy hour or time like and a, place, yeah. And 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 every time it, you know, um, it, I get that, yeah. And and, and I guess that's why it, it still connects. It still is, you know, with a lot of people, especially like, like even you know even like the younger generation, and that could be because. Their parents are probably our our age. Yeah, <laughs> so that's they, true. They were like, "Here, listen to the this." this Dude, is my mom song loves like. you.
1: My mom loves you guys. Thank you.
0: <laughs> and um, you know, I guess from there, because um, you said there was Mike, there was JT, and then and then to complete the band, it was
1: Kevin Iwashita and Jeff Hungi, mm-hmm. and our our friend Dindo. Oh what's, that, what's that? uh Dindo passed away mm-hmm. uh, during our tenure of, of being together. And that was a hard one. He was our keyboard player, and then uh, after Dindo, Frankie Gutierrez joined our group and filled in the sound. He he, he brought a, a a nice fullness to the band sound, and it was a six for a while.
0: And I know that you guys. I mean, I know from time to time you guys will get together to do like uh, special, you know, like special gigs and everything. I mean, when you guys get together, does it you still have that? That, that feeling, the nostalgic feeling, yeah. in
1: a sense. Uh, with 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 our guitar player Jeff Hong Yi uh, living in California, mm-hmm. uh, his his what he brought to the band is is missing. But the core of the vocals, me, Mike, and Kevin, at least that's mm-hmm. there. Uh, I, I can't play acoustic guitar anymore, mm-hmm. uh, but I can. S- uh, still kind of sing. So we did the, I think it was last year, we did the Mariana's, uh, oh, is coming up this year? The, is it the... The, the festival? <laughs> <laughs> the Micronesian Island Fair. Yeah. Gee, okay, <laughs> yeah, we did, we did that last year and it was cool because my four-year-old son was able to see me for the first time singing on, on, on the stage mm-hmm. and uh, that was special to me. But... Us playing on there, yeah, it brought back a sense of, wow, this is this reminds me of when we used to play this song here or this song here, yeah, it it brought it brought me back.
0: And I know that in in two thousand nine is when you had your your you had a health scare, you had a stroke, yes, right. And I guess did that, um, and that was when you were gigging. I I think at the time at Ralphie's, yes, yes. I mean, at that point, did it kind of shift your like uh? did it kind of shift your priorities and kind of your mindset into what, I guess, what you needed to focus on and everything? <laughs> definitely,
1: definitely. Um, after after I had the stroke and D-Cruise and an army of people put together uh, a fundraiser, yes. Yeah. Which was the greatest night of my life. It
0: just showed it, it, people it was, that like just showed, like, even though... When people say like, oh, you know, so many people care about you. And then when you, I guess, when you s- see it. Yeah. As opposed to someone just telling you. And people coming out and, and supporting, whether it be purchasing tickets. Um, there were so many bands that came out to <sighs> perform.
1: It was love. It was pure love for me. And and I appreciated it. And after, after that night, I was like, okay, I need to do so much with, with my time here on earth that I need to record people i need to start this studio and and do these things but it fell to the wayside of my relationship with my then girlfriend mm-hmm. bev mm-hmm. and um it it opened my eyes to how selfish i became mm-hmm. to my needs and not the needs of the people closest to me so was it was, was kind of like a learning experience mm-hmm. at the same time that yeah, I almost died or I had this health scare. But at the same time, be aware of, of who's around you and take care of those people who are supporting you with what you're trying to accomplish.
0: And so is that how Elusive Light Studio came to be? Like after?
1: Uh, no, actually, that was in 2007. Uh, Elusive Light Studio was um, me meeting Sarge Clavea and seeing his... His 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 living room space. I was like, dude, what are you doing with this space? He goes, I don't know. Just, there's a pool table. There's some couches. I go, this is enough to make it a studio. Out. <laughs> it was. We we did a lot of work to clean that up and make it make it uh, what it was. So uh, I went on tour with D B, having a feeling that it was going to be like the last tour mm-hmm. of, of, of 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 the band. So I told Sarge, so like, look, man, I'm going to go out on this tour. I'll come back with gear. And we'll start We'll start doing a studio So the tour was over I came back with Like a little Two uh, Input Interface Into the computer A couple of speakers And a microphone And we just started from there Like what do you want to do? I will pick know Break out your guitar And I'll hold the mic <laughs> And just play something we'll, we'll start recording something And then Answer uh, Rich, Richard Borja Rich Borja He's like Hey I, I heard you guys have a studio And I want to make this this CD for my mom for Christmas like Christmas carols. I was like, yeah, I can do that. Or we could do a bunch of songs and do Christmas and and make a Christmas album for the island. So that's where uh, we did a Christmas album.
0: I still play that. Every Christmas I play that. I, this the it's such a it's a CD contains so much talent. Yeah. And it, and um, to get it all in one, as opposed to you know it's how individual. many like gigs you would have to go to to kind of see everyone and, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's, those that's one of the CDs that is always on on you know repeat.
1: That experience, me being in the chair to record all these amazing musicians: Patrick Palomo, Mike Hardendorf, Sarge Sargek Oh my God! I mean, I'm his biggest fan. He'll I tell him all the time. Uh, but yes, to to do that CD was such an amazing experience that I I often reflect back like okay, we need to continue that mm-hmm. we need to continue documenting our musicians for our generation.
0: And now there's there's actually quite a few studios out now yes. and 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 kind of uh, doing you know on the same note like what you were doing, making sure that the music is documented, um, and and making sure that. Um, like the talent is 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 highlighted, yeah. you know, and I guess from there, what I I know that in the interview that I did with you, which was inside of <laughs> light studio, yes, I, I asked you what the future has in store for you, and you said that you had so many ideas, um, so many things that you wanted to do, and you know, you kept your <laughs> you kept your word because you know I, I when I see you now, it's not so much music, it's um you know I, I saw you know f- photography there's a, yes. there's a picture that I that you framed for me <laughs> that I still have um and then now you're getting into um video. In video video and I guess how did that come about was that something that you kind of always had a hand in or was it something you kind of wanted to try and then you found a passion for it
1: um photography has always been like um A love Mm -hmm. A love for me From from film Like I had a camera Back in college That Take black and white Pictures and everything Uh, It wasn't until DB Kind of Stopped gigging I was like Okay well What am I going to do So I decided to Enroll into UOG Into the Tomorrow's studies program Because I wanted to Learn about my Me and my culture Mm -hmm. Um, Kel Munia Bless his heart I love this guy Goes Hey I'm I got a new class, independent film. So I enrolled. I like, I think I was the last person mm-hmm. to enroll because all the kids already knew. <laughs> and here I am, 45, <laughs> 44, 44. You know, yeah, I'll take your class, man. So I took his class, fell in love with the, filming, the film process, the storytelling, this is what I want to do. And Tyler, mm-hmm. uh, she was the... The lead role in a in a short film called Group that our class put together. So since I had the 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 camera and the lenses, I was
0: automatic. Yeah, director of photography.
1: (laughs) So I'm I'm with same the cameras, shooting and everything. And I thought, dude, this is what I want to do. I want to tell the story through through the lens. And it's cool because the camera's on the on the tripod, so I don't have to hold it. You know. Mm -hmm. You know, Kind of wobbly And you start to shake, yeah, shake. Kind of wobbly on my left So like the tripod's perfect And that's where that led to Doing documentaries UH, UH hired me to do this uh, Documentary on climate change On Guam mm-hmm. From there I met Romina King From UOG She's a professor She uh, asked me to help her Figure out or, or do documentary A research documentary On how Chamorros got their food in 19, Prior to 1941 The war so that's what I'm currently doing now. And also some photography stuff, but that it's it's, it's now gone from music to photos to video, which it's is another form of art. Yes, and I love it because I get to tell a story. I get to help tell a story. You know, and you know this, you, <laughs>
0: it's
1: it's it's amazing what people go through.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: And to learn their struggle, plight or or joy and to share that with our community it's,
0: it's it's a blessing to me yeah I definitely find um, it an honor to to, to share someone's story um, their str- you know their struggles and, yeah. and and because you get to tell it in a way that they you know they they've been wanting to convey it to others but just maybe didn't have the right way to kind of say it and get it out to this is what I'm going through Um or you know, you're not alone. You're not alone with you know if if you I'm if you know especially if people kind of resonate with if the piece resonates with other people. Yeah. And um, but you know, it's, oh, yeah, I started to see your name more and more in in um in film projects, and it was great because you kept you <laughs> you were you you said you said it yourself. You had a lot of ideas that you wanted to get into, and I know since one thing that has has changed from our last interview eight years ago is that now you're a father
1: oh, oh.
0: <laughs> and I guess how has that changed your life he's adorable by the way
1: thank you oh my, I, I, I love my son um, it's it's okay being in a band and all... I guess Mike and JT Were the only ones that had kids mm-hmm. Me, Kevin, and Jeff were single mm-hmm. You know, going out and everything And I told myself If I ever had a child If I ever had kids I don't think I'd be clubbing Or mm-hmm. being in the band Out late at night I would want to be home with my boy And when when Ever was born Everything changed And the love that I felt for this person all my friends who are fathers and parents, like, mm-hmm. you'll find out when you become a dad. And it's true. It's true. When when you become a parent, everything in my experience has been for the betterment of your child mm-hmm. to to be safe, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And um but watching him grow up, he's doing things that I was doing when I was his age. <laughs> I I remember in in dado, uh I would open the refrigerator, hold on to the handle, and then s- climb up on the handle and swing till the door closes. I broke the handle. I remember my mom getting so mad at me. But then the other, when he was around that age, he started doing it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I used to do that. I used to lick the dirty screen door because it was salty. <laughs> Stuff like this. And I see him like, don't do that. And it's, it, it, it brings a joy to me like no other. It 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 brings me such happiness to to be part of his life and he's my son and I'm his dad and he'll see he'll see appreciative things like dad thank you for cooking breakfast for me and I'm like you're five years old son my gosh you're welcome <laughs> you know and he he's such a sweetheart and I and I just want to have him be respectful to people and give love and. And he, so far, he does. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of my son. Yeah.
0: And, and and I and and with him now, you know, with with being a father too, it kind of like you said, you want to protect, you want to make sure that his future, you know, is a beautiful one. Yes. And and, um, I know that, um, being a you know a filmmaker and a photographer, you get to kind of Chronicle his growing up To you know seeing uh, yeah. Whether it be taking his first steps His first word and you know Being Rambunctious
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just capturing those moments uh, The other day I'm sorry last week uh, My mom was going through Videotapes mm-hmm. And she goes we got to find the videotape of, of, of Your niece railing because she's here with her Husband and we got to show this and I was like I'm glad we have the videotapes as an archive of our family's history, but my son doesn't have that. It's all on video data. Mm-hmm. All I had one hard drive. All his first steps, eating, everything from being born to however old he was on the on the hard drive. The hard drive broke, Ugh. so I lost all this footage. So I figured, you know, I need to print out a photo album. Before anything happens to my computer So I bought the ink I bought the paper (laughs) And now I'm ready this week to start just Printing pictures and make a photo album To add to our photo albums This is yours Because I have a photo album My brother, my sister We all have our own photo albums And my mom does an excellent job of chronic uh, I guess archiving You know, our pictures So I want to do that for him Because Right now, IG is my son's digital photo album.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always That's- scroll back and I'm like, what? And now they have that feature where you can click on it and it says, four years ago, yes. you posted this photo. Yeah, I see <laughs> Instead that. of having to scroll, keep scrolling to find it. And um, as you're mentioning, like your your mother doing those photo albums, um, kudos to her, because I know with my mom, it was when my brother was born, because there's only two of us, so when he was born, she went all out on the photo albums and everything, and then when I, eight years later, when I was born, it was just, I, I noticed that there weren't that many <laughs> pictures, and I'm like, mom, how come there weren't them in school, the you know, because we went through, it with their, <laughs> went through it with their brother, and, you know, we had these elaborate Photo is taken at the portrait studio at Kmart oh, and everything wow. and so so the fact that, you know, she has one for each of you, um, that's great. And now that you, you get to do you know, now it's relatable experience that you yeah. can have with your mom where you're building this photo album, you can get into scrapbooking now. And put Ooh. pictures and decorated it and it's a thing, scrapbooking. <laughs> so what is what are you currently I guess doing now
1: well aside from the uh, the documentary uh my deadline is actually august to finish it so i have
0: is that something that i guess you need i mean because there's you mentioned that it's been difficult because obviously it, it goes back you know so many years yes is there a call i mean is there something that you may need help with in terms of research or documents or people to interview
1: Yes and no, <laughs> because I I already have like about six interviews in the can. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it none are farmers, and and the farmers I talk to or request like can I come down like no I don't want to talk about it you know or or if if if, if a family member that I have has a story about how their family were farming. And I'm like, so gung-ho. Like, Let me interview Noble because, because the land dispute and this and that, it was just, it, there, were so, there were so many bad juju mm-hmm. with land and access of land and what happened in the family that most people don't want to talk about, especially mm-hmm. on Guam.
0: Yeah.
1: Or if it's anything war-related, they would just kind of shut down. And I, I don't press the issue I, I just give the respect Okay. So what I'm finding out is The stories that I'm, I'm getting in the interviews Is not from necessarily The people who experienced it But from their children That the stories are passed on to them Which is nice because It, it, it rekindles a memory for them Like I remember when my mm-hmm. Nana was telling me this And those are the stories I'm looking for To put into the documentary If I can get Wow There's one gentleman I, I do need to Interview in, in Rahan. Uh Dr. Judy Flores uh, I did an interview With her Oh she's amazing I love her <laughs> uh, She mentioned uh, Mr. Bill Paulino mm-hmm. And I need to Schedule He's one that's Very vibrant Very uh, colorful And I need to get him. He's my last interview Actually So once I get him In the can uh, Or on, on On video Then I'll start The editing process which is another monster.
0: <laughs> but in and I mean and through all that's even though it's um it's a tedious project. It's I guess for you it's well worth
1: Yes. Mm. Only because I would ask my mom and dad even before I met Dr. Amina King, I'd ask somebody, dad, "How do you guys get food?" There was no there's no stories. You know, there wasn't a ship coming in mm-hmm. You know He goes I don't remember boy I don't know Mom how do you guys get food I remember I remember grandpa having a A, a pot of rice under the house You know But It, it made me realize Something about my parents Like uh, They grew up in In the school system The American school system Which really separated Culture From their upbringing Cause I I asked my Dad, you know who Haral is? Mom, do you know who Haral? <laughs> you know, and and it, it made me realize that wow, I don't know who Haral is. That's why I went back to school, and that's where the my next chapter kind of began. So the question was always, you know, how did I always had that question? How did how did we get food? You know, I know that I know that we we had tr- fruit trees and all these things, mm-hmm. but the the population, the majority, and that's what I'm finding, and I love the stories that I'm finding it. So it is, yeah, it, it's always been a question of mine. So the editing process is going to be fun. I, I, I feel it's just going to be a, a, a great challenge.
0: So. I'm sure it's going to be a, emotional as well. I mean, hearing, you know, these stories and, and, and finally kind of getting it, an answer to your, your question. Um, it, it you know as as much as fun it is going to be editing I I I would I would feel that it probably be a little bit somewhat emotional.
1: Yes, it it was emotional when I was listening to the story, <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> trying to hold my tears in and not make a sound while they while they talk you know so I don't make any sound. I was like, okay, hold on, hold on.
0: let's take a break. <laughs> I, you know, and then you know for this podcast called A Fistful of Talent, and and you know I. Because I, I don't do, you know, in the mix anymore, I wanted still an avenue to kind of highlight and, and share stories of, of artists, entrepreneurs, um, kind of sharing their journey and, and making people realize that it's not like this smooth path, that there are a lot of obstacles, there's bumps in the road and, and uh, not to be discouraged because a, a lot of times when there are bumps, people get easily discouraged I guess for you having been a long time musician and now doing what you're doing with yes. filmmaking and everything, I guess what would you say to maybe inspire or motivate those that have those ideas that like you mentioned, have those ideas to get into filmmaking or photography or or even music. What would you say to them to kind of encourage them that it is possible?
1: I remember uh, before I started into music, I used to be like, I kind of, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before. Um, the Casuals mm-hmm. had a show down at the Onward, yeah, the Onward Hotel. And I went with my brother, and, my, my sister and her husband to the show. And watching them on stage, I just came back from, 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 uh, from Boise, from school, had a little band with, with my two wine friends and when I saw them on stage it I'm like I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna be on stage just like this in a band. It I just continued to follow my passion. You know, uh, at that young of an age, you know, when I was twenty seven I was like, oh I'm getting old right But now I'm like, good Lord, that was twenty one years ago. But um, it's it's just Going out and doing it When you fall When you, when you fail That's where you learn And You're going to find gems You're going to find gems along the way That just inspires you to move One more step Move two more steps Keep going Just Just Feel it in your heart And see your destination And enjoy the journey along the way If if you fall Because I've I've fallen many times, Mm. you know. Dust yourself off and try again. Dust yourself off and try again. Just keep going. Just And have fun doing it. Enjoy it. Because if it's not fun, don't do it. If if, if you don't find enjoyment in what you do, why do it? You know?
0: I think they say the same with a job. If you wake up one day and and you're just dreading going into work, like you just don't want to be there. And then, you know, that's kind of like the signal, like, hey, time to move on.
1: (laughs) Okay, that's what happened to me, man. Um, Had a cushy job. I was a general manager of Applebee's.
0: I think I remember that.
1: I left for training. Came back. I just hated it. (laughs) I love the people I was working with. Don't get me wrong. I love the people I was working with. The job itself. Wasn't for you. Was There were certain circumstances Mm -hmm. within the workplace that I did not agree with. So that led me to stepping out. Like, we were days, we were days or weeks away from opening. I was like, I can't do this, man. I cannot commit myself to another two years of this kind of work and the reason why I'm working for someone else. And I was, I was, I was. I was miserable, mm-hmm. you know. So I quit, not knowing what I was doing, not knowing what I was going to do. Just had a baby. <laughs> uh, don't go into the restaurant business if you have a family, because <laughs> you're not going to be home <laughs> for real.
0: Was that one of the things that kind of triggered that decision too? That I, I it, like, it made you realize that okay, with this, with this place open, you know, with this place opening. Obviously there's going to be a crowd It's going to be crazy and chaotic Chances are I'm not going to You know I'm going to work late And I'm going to leave early Leave home early oh, yeah. I mean did that kind of say Okay I need to reevaluate this decision To, to kind of that get into this That was one
1: of the few reasons why I left It was probably Second in line to the reason why I left But If I were single and Didn't have kids mm-hmm. I it would be, be an there issue. Oh yeah Yeah you know.
0: And like you said, as you get older and things happen and then, you know, priorities kind of shift your focus yes. of what is important and everything. And, and I mean, that was the same for me after le- taking like, uh, you know, leaving KUM for a year. It wasn't, you know, I lo- this is like my family. And it was like probably the, the hardest decision to make. But I would not know, you know, it, because I was here for so long. I didn't. I wanted to see if there was, you know, exactly. something else, just exactly. to kind of just try it and to say I tried it. Yes. And if it didn't work out, you know, and so I went, you know, working for the government. It's, 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 you know, it's for some people, but it wasn't. It wasn't for me, yeah. you know. And you know, leaving it kind of at that point, I, you know, you feel a little bit like I'm disappointed in myself and I couldn't stick to it. But then you realize, like, if you're dreading going to work exactly, and and you know and then you have finally ultimately make that decision okay you know what it's not working out thank you but no thank you,
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank, you no thank you hashtag <laughs> hashtag
0: hashtag. <laughs> hashtag peace out
1: <laughs> but it is it's true it I love the fact that you 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 tried something else mm-hmm. you know because that's the only way you're going to know yeah. what's good for you mm-hmm. to try different things that's why when they go into college 19 out of out of high school you have to take all these general requirements to see what interests you have
0: yeah what yeah you and know? then that's why a lot of people I think remain undeclared for so long because they're exactly. just not sure and the fact that you went back to school even after so many years and yeah. you know at it just you know it just goes to show that there's no you know a lot of people are like oh you know I need to people are gonna tease me because I'm on a tenure plan yeah. or whatever and, and then there's no there's no timeline. Exactly. For, for for you know, for when you're going to finish school and I mean
1: that I'm waiting till I'm sixty one. <laughs> then tuition will be free.
0: <laughs> oh, I should know that's another <laughs> thing I learned today. Thing I learned I think sixty one.
1: <laughs> I, I I know when you're when at a certain age, tuition is free. Okay.
0: I'm gonna so I'm make like note I'm like 22,
1: 23 years, twenty three more years,
0: so I'll be good. And then how you mentioned about watching the casuals perform and kind of that like kind of lighting, you know, like the light bulb in and like, oh, you know, I, I want to do that. I totally get that because when I was interviewing Chris Boomer, I asked him what was that, you know, moment he realized he wanted to to, to be a performer, to be a musician. And he said it was when he was I guess I was at school and it was tomorrow month and it was Jesse Bias performing nice. on stage and he was like decked out and like, I guess, white and Chris was like, "Oh, you know what? If he can, you know, do that and look cool doing it, mm-hmm. that's what I want to do." And it just takes a little.
1: Just takes one yeah. thing to.
0: <laughs> look,
1: Chris is amazing.
0: That's another. See, and that's another artist. I mean, there, there's just so many, and 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 you know, getting out there, and I, and I hope that we continue to get more and more local talent out there and exposed and you know you have people like you said Jason J and Alex and uh, Shabby and everyone like kind of Shabby play. I love Shabby
1: <laughs> Shabby I love you man if you ever listening to it. I love you man I okay this this okay this 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 kind of hits home to me uh, every once in a while I'll get a call mm-hmm. and I look oh Shabby hey what's up man hey Ed we doing uh, I'm just on the road coming from a gig I thought I'd give you a call Jay will call me yeah, what's up man? I'm on the road from a gig. And it's cool because I feel blessed that they feel that they could they can. They can mm-hmm. call me anytime. But the fact that they do, I love it. You know it's, and Jay's like, yeah man, I just want to talk to you and get kind of fired up and you know, get energized again. Like, dude, if I could if I was twenty seven <laughs> if I was twenty seven I would be out there with you harmonizing your songs with you and playing guitar for you i I love the fact that I'm sad that they left mm-hmm. but I love that they left there was a time when dB went out to uh the bay Area.
0: I remember that I think, yeah it was like a. Uh... it was
1: like our first it was the first time we left Guam and this anesthesiologist David Oh, I forgot his last name. Dave. He was on Guam. And we're playing at ten twenty-one next to G Spot.
0: Oh, that's taking it. That's taking yeah. it back.
1: <laughs> so and we're playing other I think we're all we're playing a fishbowl. We're playing a fishbowl. This guy comes in with clip-on lights. Clips on the speakers, puts light towards the band, takes another light, puts clips on the back speakers. So we have two lights facing us. And we're like, who's this guy? <laughs> then he starts taking pictures, and we looked at each other. And then later on, Casey Castro, who was a manager at the time, goes, "Hey, man, this is this is Dave. He's he's from Menlo Park. He's a doctor, and he really loves you guys. He loves the music, you guys. He he wants to bring you guys out for to Lake Tahoe and book you at this club and this place. And he took care of us. This guy, Doctor Dave. I wish I knew his last name. I'm sorry, Dave." Uh, he took care of us. He had a home studio in his house in Menlo Park. He booked us a gig at... Lake Tahoe. <laughs> it was uh, Sammy Hagar's bar. The tequila.
0: Oh, the Cabo Cabo
1: We played Cabo Wabo Christmas Eve, Christmas night, and New Year's Day. And it was crazy. It was like, this was so surreal. This guy... Taking from taking pictures of us to booking us at different venues, and I'm like, "Why is the guy doing? Because he, he loves your music, man." He, we had an opportunity to move. He wanted us to move out to the Bay Area to get into this one studio to record, and we're like, "Dude, our guys have like families and married. Mm-hmm. And we, the three bachelors, yeah, we could go, but the <laughs> we two, can't do I it as a trio. Yeah, we can't do it as a trio, but it was." the fact that we had that opportunity and it does exist and now Jay's out there Chris is Chris man what an opportunity for for Chris to to jump on with Soja yes okay so 2010 Bev and I broke up (laughs) I was so depressed I left for like a couple of months out to San Diego to stay with Koch Diaz my friend and Koch was like Eddie, check this out. He pulled up uh, Chris Boomer's video, and I remember Chris coming to play with us at a. At a I think it was a party. He goes, "Hey, can I come up and chat?" Yeah, go ahead, man. He starts singing. I was like, "Who's this guy? Amazing vocals!" It was him. It was. It was the first video of Chris and Soja, and Coach was like, "This guy's from Guam." I know him. I know. Him. <laughs> I started tearing because that was the first time I seen a Tremoral artists get to that level of musicianship and it it only go it it opened the floodgates you know for me to see the opportunities that these these young cats are going for it dude i told john dang after i first heard them after their album i'm like you guys need to move i love you guys but you guys are so good you guys could get so many gigs out there in the states but they chose to Which I, I appreciate They chose to stay here This is their home This is their base mm-hmm. They're going to do it from here Which I love I love the fact that they did that And And some of the guys in the band Are actually from Rock Bottom You know See uh, Frankie And I think Frank And uh, I was recording them At Elusive Light For, for a while
0: I, Oh yes Yes Okay I remember the first It was their Was it their first
1: um, well, what happened was um, they didn't finish. They they kind of stopped playing altogether, and that's kind of when Frankie was like, "Man, I want to do my own thing." He would say after the session was done, and we're, I'm I'm going through the mix, and he'd hang out. He's like, "Man, Ed, you know this is like my brother's band. Sorry, sorry, Frankie, if, I, if I'm laying the cow <laughs> bag, but he's like, this is like my brother's band. I want to do something that's mine." I'm like, "Only you can do that. Go for it. Do it. Do it." And He did. He called me. He called me one night a, a few years later He goes Ed, can you come down to my house And join And help me put this computer together I'm like, yeah I'll come down So I went down Checked him out And it was a small room As big as your studio Drum set Computer All the gear I'm like, what are you going to do? Goes, oh, I got a new band together Two years later Two years later Without even gigging They put out their first album I was impressed. I was like, dude, if I don't gig outside of two years, that's a lot of time, you know. Mm -hmm. But they developed their craft. They developed their sound in that room together. And now they're oh my gosh. The music they're they're coming out with. It's like take take over the world, guys. Take over the world. Go see the world.
0: And I I think I think they're gonna actually be heading out on tour, if I'm not mistaken. I mean if not, they should be. (laughs) I think they
1: are. I think they are. they're they're gearing up for a couple of festivals they, They've gone on tour mm-hmm. I've seen
0: Yeah And it, and it's great to see Like you know And it um, Even some of the bands Going on tour in Japan Yeah You know and, and it's And it's all Different types of music You know Fat
1: Tofu Right
0: Yeah Fat Tofu Matala. And um, Surrender the Thief Yes um, You know That's more like The harder But the fact that You know They can do that They can go And they can represent Guam In these places And generate a crowd and a following and yeah and it's it's awesome to see and it and it does it is emotional to see like you know boomer and and um jason j and because i remember too doing an interview it was a skype interview with jason and he had just finished a gig at a place and you can hear like the like the crowd on the side it was you know, and that's awesome. Yeah, and it's, and you know, to, to just jump off the stage and still beyond that, that rush. And, and um, so finally to meet him in person and doing the podcast, you know, I was telling him, I go, that's, you know, one of the interviews that kind of stick out because it was, it wasn't, it wasn't scripted, you know, it was just like, Yeah, you can call me. You can call me right now. I just finished my gig. I was like, wow, literally, you just walked off the stage. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, that's awesome. I love that. I love that you did that.
0: So do you have any, you know, uh, I don't want to end the podcast without you, um, I guess, giving any kind of shout outs to to people, um, you know, because obviously they, they, you know, they look to you for um, a lot of musicians have looked to you for, for inspiration and everything but I mean is there anything that you want to get out to 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 people in general
1: well I am excited about this one project I'm a part of and uh, it's with Island Girl Power mm-hmm. Juanita Blas uh, my friend my brother Jet Smith he started a little music program or we started a music program in the, one of the back rooms of, of, the, of the, the buildings that they have and uh, my son's mom, uh, Lonnie Pareto, she gave me these congas. She's like, hey, take these congas, you know, use it. I'm like, so I I, I messaged her, like, would you be cool if we donated the the congas to Island Girl Power? She's like, Yeah, no problem. So I took whatever I took those congas, my bongos, little hand drums, and I donated to his music program. Bonita then called me a few weeks later, like, Could you help me do a video on what we're doing with the program So I want to shed some light on On what Island Girl Power And what Juanita Blas is doing For the community of Datedale It's amazing They're giving a, a place of refuge From any kind of Bad
0: Circumstance, Circumstances Circumstances
1: yeah. that the, the girls might be having Within the village They come there To Empower themselves And that's Kind of what I want to shed light on Was Island Girl Power They The community can rally around them And mm-hmm. just Give support In anything And uh, I'm supporting them by Mini docu- like, like Kind of like a five minute Mini documentary
0: What they're about Yeah what, what they're about what Some of the programs that they exactly. do I mean because she's been there for years And she's I mean She's awesome Like no the, what money. she does Yeah I, I mean I've done so many features on her Whether it be their um gardening project yes. that they have for the community garden you know then you got the thrift store and then they do like k- karate um cooking all these different exactly. things for the girls and and to see different um people within the community take the time out to volunteer and and, and you know show these girls you know what what the, the craft whether it be cooking or whatever um so she's doing a really good job and and She's doing so much and it's just, you know, I mean, yeah, she has staff it, but it's such a minimal staff. It's a volunteer, yeah. yeah.
1: Everything's volunteer. And I think that, that that would be the message I would love to send out to like any up and coming local artists is give back to your community, you know. Go play go play a song for the Mnonku at the at the senior citizens mm-hmm. hall, you know. Go go sing there. Just it mm-hmm. there it, it there's more than just a YouTube video mm-hmm. You know To go out and actually sing to people live That is your art That is your artistry Music If, if music is your art Go play for people get, Move away from In front of the camera And just Play for your family That, that was my first audience mm-hmm. My parents I play cha-cha songs While they're charging in front of me <laughs> They were my first They were my first audience You know, growing up So Yeah, just get out there And, and have fun Have fun have fun doing it. But give back.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Edgar, for, for taking the time out and, and joining This was me. fun. Yes, it was. And it, it brought back a lot of memory. We did a lot of name dropping and not just bands, but like places and events and everything. But it's always nice to kind of catch up to catch up with you and and see what you're doing what projects you have in store and I mean I'm looking forward to that final completed project that you're currently working on August (laughs) deadline August yes deadline August and we'll follow up with you on it and and find out more about it and um, just continue to do the awesome work that you're doing and and, um,
1: you too Joan (laughs) I mean you've been an outlet for for people to tell their story and without you, maybe someone else might do it, but without the love and passion you put into it, thank you. Really. You, you, you've you given Guam so much to look at and learn from. And I appreciate that. Thank you so much.
0: I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. Oh my but, God. <laughs> no, I really appreciate that. You're and, very and, welcome. And um, thank you so much for listening. Now, remember... To subscribe to the KOM Podcast Network, you make sure to go to Spotify. We're on Spotify now, and even uh, SoundCloud. Uh, subscribe so you can get alerted to all the newest podcasts, such as this one. Until then, adios.